Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive in today's Mornings with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. If this is your first time here, hello and welcome. My name is Dominique Young, and I'm so excited to be studying the Bible with you. But before we do that, I must practice a name that I have been wanting to say correctly for like weeks. Hi, Quintier. Did I get it? Hi, Quintier. Man, I've been seeing this beautiful name and I have been butchering it and it's just been bothering me. And this beautiful sister posted a video on how to pronounce her name. So I just want to say it over and over to make sure that I'm saying it correctly. Hi, Quintier. Help me out. Am I doing it right? I hope so, because I want to use this beautiful name. It's beautiful. Um, so I just had to, you know, you guys know, I had to say it. I had to say the name, I had to get the practice out. Yes, yeah, she said, yes, come on. Ooh, 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 ooh. Y'all, I've been, she's been graciously allowing me to call her Brickell because I just was like, I was getting it wrong every single time. Now I got it. Hi, Quintier. Yes. Woo! Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. Names are very important to me. So I am very excited that. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, thank you for the video. Y'all, if I ever mess up your name, please give me a video. I will watch and study that video. I will make sure that I am saying it correctly because I do not like when names are, are said incorrectly. That's why I, I laughed as I struggled through some of the names that are in the Bible. I'm like, oh man, I wish I could just ask them, like, how is your name pronounced? Um, amen. Yay. Hi, Quintier. That's such a beautiful name. Hi, Quincy. Such a beautiful name. All right. Well, let me say good morning to my friends that I see here live this morning. Good morning to Miss Margaret. Good morning, Bevy. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Hi, Quincy. <laughs> Y'all, I'm so excited. Good morning, Lashana. Good morning, Brandy. Uh, good morning, Celia. Good morning, Nyler. Good morning, Donna Lanita. Good morning, Donita. Good morning, CJ. Good morning, Brooke. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, Tess. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Bella. Good morning, Lilith. Good morning, Jessica. Hey, sis, you've been on my heart and mind um, and prayer for the last couple of days. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. Good morning to you. All right. Wait, hold up. Hold up. Whose birthday is it? Oh, it's like Quintia's birthday today because it's the day before my husband's birthday, right? Am I right? Happy birthday, sis. Happy birthday. Oh, come on. Come through. I got your birth. Yo, your name on your birthday. Whew, 
I'm just very excited about this. <laughs> good morning, Shelly. Good morning. Good morning. All right, y'all. Today is a great day. I'm very excited about today. Um, mainly because I have this name that I can now pronounce and I feel so good about that. <laughs> very excited about that. So happy birthday, Hi Quintier. We are so glad you're here. I'm so glad you made that video. Thank you so much. Good morning, T. Horton. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Amen. Y'all, I am so excited. If you haven't checked out the video of her pronouncing her name, go to the Introduce Yourself section, search for her beautiful face, and you will see it. I was like, yes, thank you, because y'all know. Y'all know I don't I don't like to do names around. I just don't. It don't it don't sit well with me. I'm like, your parent named you a whole name. I want to make sure that I'm saying it correctly. Ah, that's so exciting. Okay, y'all. Well, before we jump in, let's go to what are you grateful to God for? I love y'all. Some of y'all already typing it in. <laughs> Some of y'all are already typing it in. What are you grateful to God for? Amen. Lynn says, so happy to be here. We're happier here, sis. Mary says, I'm grateful for new seasons, which bring new growth, new opportunities, and new joy. Amen. Hallelujah. Bella says, grateful for today and to be in here for a new chapter. Come on, a new chapter, a new book. Ooh. All right. Bevy says, I'm so grateful to God for his patience and understanding to wait on me. What a privilege to be able to study Judges chapter one with you, my sisters. Hallelujah. Jessica says, grateful for life, spiritual maturation, and God just being the ultimate keeper of all. Amen. I got so many people in here saying happy birthday. Hi, Quincy. Hey, girl, I'm going to say your name every day, every day, all the time because I'm just really excited about this. <laughs> Happy birthday, sis. Hi, Quintia says, I am grateful for another year that God has blessed me to see, and I am grateful for community and making me, for the community and making me feel welcome. Amen. Brandy says, I'm grateful for God's response to prayers, even if it's not what I wanted to hear. Woo! Hallelujah. Heather says, I'm grateful to know for sure that God is faithful. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. T. Horton says, I am grateful to God for his goodness. Hallelujah. Audrey says, I'm grateful for this refreshing morning filled with new mercies and opportunities to draw closer to God and to spend time with faith mamas. Amen. Allison says, I'm grateful for the replays. Come on. Just like yesterday's takeaway of slowing down part of my slowing down, including more sleep lately. Amen. I'm grateful for rest and feel so much better. Hallelujah. Tamika says, grateful to be free from chains holding my family and I. Come on, Tamika. Come on now. Lilith says, I am grateful to God for early morning rain. Oh, beautiful. Donita says, I'm grateful to God for his grace and mercy. So many things happen and he is happening and he is faithful. Yes, he is. Salia says, I am grateful for sisters that will pray with me. Come on. Sisters that'll pray. Sisters that'll hold you accountable. Sisters that'll encourage. Woo. I'm grateful too. Bella says, grateful for each one of you. Hallelujah. CJ, CJ says, I am grateful to God for the healing already taking place in me. Come on. This has been quite a journey so far. 
but I'm so grateful. Hallelujah. Ellen says, I'm great. I'm grateful for the friendship and support of community that develop with an open heart. Amen. Lynn says, grateful for the press today. My daughter is getting a cold, so she was up at 3.15. I am grateful for being able to catch the live stream. Love the replays and grateful for the replays. Father God, we lift up Lynn's daughter, Lord God, and her, Lord. We pray that you would just continue to wrap your arms around them. Lord God, heal her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Jessica says, sisters, I'm not the biggest coffee drinker, but I got some this morning. (laughs) Oh, man. Erica, she says, good morning. I'm grateful for morning silence. Me too. I am too. My my father-in-law used to think I was crazy because I would just wake up when nobody was awake and I would sit in a silent room and he'd be like, are you okay? Like, yeah, no, this is, this is beautiful. Allison says, I'm grateful to study with all of you live today. Amen. Hallelujah. Bailey says, I'm grateful for the ladies who are willing to pray for me and help me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good, y'all. God is good. I'm just grateful that y'all are here. Oh, yeah, I got to share what I'm grateful for. So I'm grateful. As you guys know, I'm still waiting to hear from you, Virgin, so I should hear from them sometime today about um, the plan and see if it, today is the tentative published date sometime today. So I will definitely keep you guys posted as far as how that goes. But I'm also grateful my husband and I are actually working on a um, a, a physical Bible study that you can purchase. Um on the book of Ephesians, and it's going to be called Secure. I am very excited. There's going to be a a regular one for everybody, and then there's going to be one specifically for um, couples if they would like to do the study together. So I'm just really grateful for that. I'm really great. It's really fun to work with my husband. (laughs) It's really fun. We think differently. We think differently. And so it's really cool when we put our minds together and God's doing something. So I'm excited. Yes, Daddy said, come on, young family. Come on, young family. Amen. So I'm excited. I am very excited. Amen. Oh, I see one of our sisters says, thankful the Lord got me up at 5 a.m. to study live. Woo-hoo! Come on, 5 a.m. All right. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, we are getting ready to jump into a new book, a new chapter. And this book is the book of Judges. It's right after the book of Joshua. Um, so yay. Yay. Erica says, <laughs> Erica says, how do you find time to do all this? Um, you know, <laughs> one of the things that my husband and I are doing is we are incorporating this writing into our regular uh step couple study time as a couple. So we are just we're actually walking it through like we would normally walk through and like, hey, it would be it will be great to capture what we're learning. Um, so we just added it to what we're already doing. I find that that helps. Um, like for instance, mornings with Jesus is I, I normally woke up and studied the Bible and God said do it with some other people. And so I just add it to what I'm already doing. Cause if I try to add something new, y'all, I've done that. I've tried to add something new. It don't work. Cause I'd be like, oh, it's too much stuff. But if I add it to what I'm already doing, just a little, little tweak, it helps. Just a little, yeah, that it helps. <laughs> and then Sabbath. Yeah. Sabbath is a, necess- a necessity. All right, y'all. Well, we are getting ready to jump um, 
we're getting ready to jump into Judges chapter one. I'm really excited about this book. Ooh, really excited about this book. It's crazy too, just letting you guys know. It's it's crazy. The ancient world had a lot of war. Aside from just Israel, like just there was war everywhere. Okay, so we are getting ready to jump in to Judges chapter one. Let's go ahead and pray. <sighs> Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to read this new book, this new chapter, um, to go on this new journey along with our along with my sisters, Lord God, to go on this new journey with you leading us, Lord. We are so grateful. Father God, we pray that you would help us to see what it is that you want us to see, that you would lead us, guide us, direct us, and show us yourself, Lord, that you would draw us to you, even through this chapter, that it would be more than words on a page, but that it would help us to know you better, that it would help us to check our own hearts, that it would help us to connect with you on a deeper level. Lord God, we thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Brandy says, can you and your hubby do a Sunday coffee chat? Yeah, absolutely. We were thinking about doing that. That would be really cool. All right, you guys, if this is your first time studying the Bible with us, let me tell you a little bit about what we do here. We read the chapter two times through. Okay, so we're going to read Judges twice. And the first time we're going to close our eyes, get a picture of what's happening, um, kind of understand what's going on in the chapter. The second time, feel free to take out your pens, your pencils, your highlighters, highlight keywords, take notes in the margin. Then we're going to go into a time of personal reflection and then into a time of corporate reflection. So if that sounds like something that you are interested in, then you are absolutely in the right place. And I'm excited to see what God is going to do with us in this book of Judges. All right, here we go. I'm reading from the CSB translation, but you can feel free to read from whatever translation you have available to you. Here we go. Judges chapter one. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites inquired of the Lord, who will be the first to fight for us against the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah is to go. I have handed the land over to him. Judah said to his brother Simeon, come with me to my allotted territory and let us fight against the Canaanites. I will also go with you to your allotted territory. So Simeon went with him. When Judah attacked, the Lord handed the Canaanites and the Perizzites over to them. They struck down 10,000 men in Bezek. They found Adonai Bezek in Bezek, fought against him, and struck down the Canaanites and Perizzites. When Adonai Bezek fled, they pursued him, caught him, and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Adonai Bezek said, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off used to pick up scraps under my table. God has repaid me for what I have done. They brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. The men of Judah fought against Jerusalem, captured it, put it to the sword and set the city on fire. Afterward, the men of Judah marched down to fight against the Canaanites who were living in the hill country, the Negev and the Judean foothills. 
Judah also marched against the Canaanites who were living in Hebron. Hebron was formerly named Karath Arba. They struck down Shishay, a man, and Tal Talme. From there, they marched against the residents of Debir. Debir was formerly named Karath Shafir. Caleb said, whoever attacks and captures Karath Shafir, I will give my daughter Ashka to him as a wife. So Othiniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, captured it and Caleb gave his daughter Ashka to him as a wife. When she arrived, she persuaded Othiniel to give her father, to ask her father for a field. As she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, what do you want? She answered, give me a blessing. Since you have given me land in the Negev, give me springs also. So Caleb gave her both the upper and lower springs. The descendants of the Kenite, Moses's father-in-law, had gone up with the men of Judah from the city of Palms to the wilderness of Judah, which was in the Negev of Arad. They went to live among the people. Judah went with his brother Simeon, struck the Canaanites who were living in Ziphath, and completely destroyed the town. So they named the town Hormah. Judah captured Gaza and its territory, Ashkelon and its territory, and Ekron and its territory. The Lord was with Judah and enabled them to take possession of the hill country, but they could not drive out the people who were living in the valley because those people had iron chariots. Judah gave Hebron to Caleb, just as Moses had promised. Then Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak who lived there. At the same time, the Benjaminites did not drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. The Jebusites had lived among the Benjaminites in Jerusalem to this day. The house of Joseph also attacked Bethel and the Lord was with them. They sent spies to Bethel. The town was formerly named Luz. The spies saw a man coming out of the town and said to him, please show us how to get into the town and we will show you kindness. When he showed them the way into the town, they put the town to the sword, but released the man and his entire family. Then the man went to the land of the Hittites, built a town, and named it Luz. That is its name still today. At the time, Manasseh failed to take possession of Bethshan and Tanakh, their surrounding villages, or the residents of Dor, Imbliam, Megiddo, and their surrounding villages. The Canaanites were determined to stay in this land. When Israel became stronger, they made the Canaanites serve as forced labor, but never drove them out completely. At that time, Ephraim failed to drive out the Canaanites who were living in Gezer. So the Canaanites have lived among them in Gezer. Zebulun failed to drive out the residents of Kitron or the residents of Nahalal. So the Canaanites lived among them and served as forced labor. Asher failed to drive out the residents of Echo or of Sidon or of Alab, Akshib, Hilba, Athik, or Rehob. The Asherites lived among the Canaanites who were living in the land because they failed to drive them out. Nephtali did not drive out the residents of Beth Shemesh or the residents of Bethanath. They lived among the Canaanites who were living in the land 
But the residents of Beth Shemith and Beth Anath served as their forced labor. The Amorites forced the Danites into the hill country and did not allow them to go down into the valley. The Amorites were determined to stay in Harharis, Ajalon, and Shalbim. When the house of Joseph got the upper hand, the Amorites were made to serve as forced labor. The territory of the Amorites extended from the Scorpion's ascent, that is from Selah upward. All right, let's read this chapter one more time. This time, grab your pens, your highlighters, highlight keywords, even if you don't know why they're standing out to you. Here we go. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites inquired of the Lord, who will be the first to fight for us against the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah is to go. I have handed the land over to them. Judah said to his brother, Simeon, come with me to my allotted territory and let us fight against the Canaanites. I will also go with you to your allotted territory. So Simeon went with him. When Judah attacked, the Lord handed the Canaanites and the Perizzites over to them. They struck down 10,000 men in Bezek. They found Adonai Bezek in Bezek, fought against him, and struck down the Canaanites and the Perizzites. When Adonai Bezek fled, they pursued him, caught him, and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Adonai Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off, used to pick up scraps under my table. God has repaid me for what I have done. They brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. The men of Judah fought against Jerusalem, captured it, put it to the sword and set the city on fire. Afterward, the men of Judah marched down to fight against the Canaanites who were living in the hill country, the Najib, and the Judean foothills. Judah also marched against the Canaanites who were living in Hebron. Hebron was formerly named Karath Arba. They struck down Shishai, Ahiman, and Tal Talmai. From there, they marched against the residents of Debir. Debir was formerly named Karath Saphir. Caleb said, whoever attacks and captures Karath Saphir, I will give my daughter Ashka to him as a wife. So Athiniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's youngest brother, captured it, and Caleb gave his daughter Ashka to him as a wife. When she arrived, she persuaded Othiniel to ask her father for a field. As she got off her donkey, Caleb asked, what do you want? She answered, give me a blessing. Since you have given me land in the Najib, give me springs also. So Caleb gave her both the upper and lower springs. The descendants of the Kenite, Moses's father-in-law, had gone up with the men of Judah from the city of Palms to the wilderness of Judah, which was in the Najib of Arad. They went to live among the people. Judah went with his brother, Simeon, struck the Canaanites who were living in Zephath, and completely destroyed the town. So they named the town Hormah. Judah captured Gaza and its territory, Ashkelon and its territory, and Ekron and its territory. 
The Lord was with Judah and enabled them to take possession of the hill country, but they could not drive out the people who were living in the valley because those people had an iron chariots. Judah gave Hebron to Caleb, just as Moses had promised. Then Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak who lived there. At the same time, the Benjaminites did not drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. The Jebusites have lived among the Benjaminites in Jerusalem to this day. The house of Joseph also attacked Bethel and the Lord was with them. They sent spies to Bethel. The town was formerly named Luz. The spies saw a man coming out of the town and said to him, please show us how to get into the town and we will show you kindness. When he showed them the way into the town, they put the town to the sword, but re released the man and his entire family. Then the man went to the land of the Hittites, built a town and named it Luz. That is still its name today. At the time, Manasseh failed to take possession of Bethshan and Tanakh and their surrounding villages or the residents of Dor, Ebliam, and Migdo and their surrounding villages. The Canaanites were determined to stay in this land. When Israel became stronger, they made the Canaanites serve as forced labor, but never drove them out completely. At that time, Ephraim failed to drive out the Canaanites who were living in Gezer. So the Canaanites have lived among them in Gezer. Zebulun failed to drive out the residents of Keteron or the residents of Nahalal. So the Canaanites lived among them and served as forced labor. Asher failed to drive out the residents of Echo or of Sidon or of Ahalab, Akshib, Helba, Aphek or Rehob. The Asherites lived among the Canaanites who were living in the land because they failed to drive them out. Naphtali did not drive out the residents of Beth Shemesh or the residents of Beth Anath. They lived among the Canaanites who were living in the land, but the residents of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath served as their forced labor. The Amorites forced the Danites into the hill country and did not allow them to go down to the valley. The Amorites were determined to stay in Harharis, Ajalon, and Shalbim. When the house of Joseph got the upper hand, the Amorites were made to serve as forced labor. The territory of the Amorites extended from the Scorpion's ascent, that is from Selah upward. Whew. All right, let's pray. Father God, first and foremost, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to read the scriptures. We thank you, Lord, that these testimonies of um, men and women that have known you throughout history are recorded and that we can read them and, and that we can know more about you and how you functioned throughout generations. Lord God, we pray that as we move into a time of personal reflection and to a time of corporate reflection, that you would guide our reflection time, that you would show us yourself through our reflections, Lord God, that you would help us to see you, help us to see what it is you want us to see today and draw us to you. Lord, we give you the glory, honor, and praise, and we say where you lead us, we will follow. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen, all right, let's move into a time of personal reflection, and then we'll come back for a time of corporate reflection. Here we go.
All right, we are back. And now we are back for a time of corporate reflection. And I hope um, that you guys feel comfortable to share the things that are jumping out to you. Before we jump into corporate reflection, I just want to give a little bit of background to the book of Judges. First of all, the book of Judges is crazy. <laughs> um, there's a lot that we see here, but it, of course, it takes place after Joshua's died. We get through this book, we're going to get a picture of how what happens with Israel, but also we get to see a little bit more about what was going on with the nations around them. So there's a little a little insert here about a particular king, Adonai Bezek, and it says that they cut off his thumbs and big toes. And then Adonai Bezek goes on to say that, hey, he did this to 70 kings himself and made them serve under his table. And now he recognizes that God is doing the same thing to him. So throughout the Old Testament, we see God responding oftentimes to something horrible that has gone on. We see that with Sodom and Gomorrah because he said that there was basically cries that had gone up to him about the evil that was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. And we know that there was the whole city of men were raping um, other people, like violently coming out and raping like specifically other men, um, very violently, like the whole city. Um, so we see God judge that city. And then here we see Adonai Bezek, the same thing happens here where he's like, hey, the same thing that I did is being done to me. And then we'll see throughout the, the, the chapters that a lot of the things that the nations surrounding them were doing, they were doing a lot of child sacrifice. So they would have babies for the intent of burning them at the altar. And so we see that that was something that God was responding to as well. So when we see things like the city got burned, um, you know, we see like, under, we get understanding of that's what they did to children, which is just still kind of like, oh, like, it's still kind of crazy. But you see God constantly is responding to the evil that's being done. But then we see, we see Israel slip into that same evil, <laughs> same stuff. And we're going to see that throughout um, so we're going to see that throughout and how it happened. So I wanted to give you guys that background so that we can see why is God responding this way and start tying, understanding how God responds and what, what God is doing in this ancient world and timeline that we are reading about. But what is standing out to you guys? I'm interested to see what is standing out to you. Uh, I can say it now. Hi, Quintaye. Wait, no, I said it wrong. Hi, Quintaye. A. Did I say it right? Hi, Quintia. Yeah, okay, okay. See, I got to keep practicing. She says that the question that comes to mind when reading this is what are you leaving unconquered in your life? My goodness. And are you letting the things that you haven't conquered stop your blessings? Woo, come on. CJ says verse 12 through 15 were mentioned in Joshua. Also, verse 20 stood out. Caleb was given Hebron as promised in Joshua. Yep. Randy also says verse 12 through 15 is standing out to her. Donita says verse 6 and 7 stood out to me, reminding me of the eye for an eye law that was often, that was practiced often. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Salia so said the words could not drive out or failed to drive out stood out to me. Does this reflect an issue of faith? B. 
because the Lord was with them every time. Come on. Wow, that just hit me. Mm, yes. Woo. Let's keep going. Donita said verse 19 and 20 also stood out. The beginning of seeing them waver on the task, driving out the Canaanites fully, not just live among them and make them slaves. So we see that. We see that instead of driving them out, instead of doing what, what they were supposed to do, they made them slaves. In, in my my version says forced labor, labor, but that's pretty much slavery. So they made them slaves. Allison says verse 15 reminded me of the word bold. Let's go to verse 15. It says, she answered him, give me a blessing. Since you have given me land in the Najiv, give me springs also. So Caleb gave her both the upper and lower spring. Come on, we see a lot about these women and how they maneuvered in this society um, that they were living in. And I love how like it seems insignificant, but God makes sure that that story, their stories are told. And we see that happening. We saw that happening in the book of Joshua, where we see women and how they function and how they dealt with things. We see Caleb's daughters and how bold they were. And we see a lot of different things. So Brandy said they cut off the thumbs and big toes. They are important for stability and support. Yeah. Yep. Barb says toe and thumb stood out. I don't understand that. As I have pondered the importance, there must be shed blood. Yes. And another importance is what he said. So this gives an under, all these little things help you understand how God was functioning at this time. And one of the things that he said was he did this to other kings and made them serve him. So he cut off their thumbs and big toes. And this is exactly what he did. Somehow Israel didn't know this about him, but God told them to respond to this man in this way. And he recognized that this is God because he knew Israel didn't know that he was cutting off thumbs and big toes of people and making them serve him. But God knew. And so when Israel did that, he recognized that this was the hand of God and that God was punishing him the way that he did to others. Yeah. So Leah said the fact that they chose not to destroy the Canaanites, but let them live among them really makes me think about what God has told me to get rid of. But I keep allowing to stay. Woo. Jenny says, after breaking strongholds in your life, are there areas that I compromise that would lead me back down a slippery slope? Come on. Woo. Ah, my goodness. Audrey says, God will vindicate you. Be still and know God will do it. Yeah. Donita said, verse 32, again, living among them instead of doing what they were told to do, drive them out. Erica said, how could they do that? Did they lose their human instinct? Oh, yeah, it was pretty bad. We're going to learn more about what was happening in the surrounding nations we're going to learn a little bit more, but it was pretty bad. So like this king that we see right here, this king would cut off the thumbs and the toes. So God cut off his thumbs and toes. And then we see that in, in a lot of these cities, they would burn children as sacrifices to their gods. And then God burned their city down. So we see this response, this direct response to some of the things that were going on for Israel. Israel was just like, oh, we just want the land. And God is like, no, I'm responding to the evil that is being done. 
Um, and so we see that throughout. The same thing goes, we see Sodom and Gomorrah. He said that the he said that the prayers, because this is why he responds. We see this. In, if we can understand how God responds and why he does what he does in the Old Testament, we can see how, it, how he's still the same God in the New Testament. So with Sodom and Gomorrah, he said that the evil had reached him. There had been so many prayers against the evil that he had to come see about it himself. That's what he said. He had to come see about it himself and see if it really was as bad as the, as the cry out against this city. And it was, it was horrible. And we see that in, um, we see that what happens is that the, the whole, it's the whole city of men came out to rape the other men. Like it was so bad. And God responded the way he responded. Some of us know the story of, of Sodom and Gomorrah, but we see the same thing, him responding to similar types of evil in different areas. And we see this is how he functions in the Old Testament. And we can kind of link it to the new and, and his response in the new. Bailey said the majority of them were dwelling among the enemy. Come on. Ellen says, this doesn't have much to do with this passage, but I'm hearing the scripture, knock and I will answer, seek and you shall find. Come on. Woo. Come on. Hallelujah. Jessica said the fact they didn't drive them out and kept them for laborers. Yes. And that keeps coming up in our conversation as well. Whoo. Donita said, I would think human nature or instinct would be toward comfort and safety. And it's more comfortable to live among them than to drive them out. Yeah. Allison said, perhaps Ashka realized that water on the land is good, peaceful, and a great part of nature. She wanted it on her land. Amen. Salia said, um, keeping them as laborers really makes me think about what am I keeping in my life? Who? Allison says, I think I would, I would be like that too. The only woman mentioned here is like, I want the land with the springs. <laughs> Amen. Jenny also says, and Ashka spoke up. For her blessing. The Lord says, We have not because we ask not. She spoke up and got not only the land, but the upper and lower springs. Come on. Amen. Judith said, I literally just woke up from a dream from God. He showed me things I need to conquer, be delivered and healed from. I'm allowing them to live. Donnie just said, Drive them out. Whew, that is getting louder to me now. Hmm. CJ said, I just thought of something. When Caleb approached Joshua about Hebron, and it was already years that he had waited for his reward, but it was only after Joshua died that he actually received it. Yeah. Hmm. Allison says, the word balance is also coming to mind. Females and males are quite different. And many times women balance things out. Come on. <laughs> Man, there's so much here. There's so much here. But I keep seeing a theme. And I was like, okay, Lord, I see you. I see you. And it's this theme of drive them out, right? It's this theme of, of drive, drive them out. We have to understand that God wasn't just giving Israel land. And God talked to Abraham about this. God wasn't just giving Israel land. He was dealing with the evil that was in the land, the evil things they were doing in that land. 
So it wasn't just God was giving them land. It was that God wanted to deal with the things that were that people were crying out to them, crying out about. So he wanted to drive them out completely, right? And what we're going to see throughout the book of Judges is that not only do they not drive them out, spoiler alert, not only do they not drive them out, they start to do what they did. So we start to see Israel start to dibble and dabble in some of this child child uh, sacrifice. And we start to see Israel start to worship the gods and the way that they worship them. And the, we start to see Israel start to do this stuff that, that God was actually dealing with in the area. And so their job was to drive them out so that the evil would no longer be in the land. God wasn't just like, hey, let me give you this. God was like, hey, I'm trying to deal with something that is that is so corrupted, that is so horrible. I'm dealing with it and you are so focused on what you want that you can't see what God is trying to deal with that's actually going to cause issues in the future. That's actually going to start causing issues in the future. So we see them say, okay, well, we won't drive them out. We'll just make them slaves. That's an easy fix, right? No. Wrong. It's not. There's so many things that even in our life, and I think Jenny had said it and somebody else had said it and somebody else had said it, even in our life, if we take this from, take this from the page of history and then we apply it to our own hearts, even in our own life, there's things that God is like, I need you to get rid of that, but we're keeping it around. Like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just function with it like this. I'll just do like, I'll just do it like this, God. And I was thinking about, I know this is a silly example, but this is what I was thinking about. God had really been dealing with me about refined sugar. It's like, and I, I was praying about it and stuff like that because I was just struggling with my health. I wasn't praying about the sugar, but I was just struggling with my health. And I just kept hearing like, get rid of refined sugar, get rid of refined sugar, get rid of refined sugar. And so what did I do? I said, oh, I'll only eat it on birthdays and holidays. Like I'll eat cakes and all that stuff, but I'll only do it on birthdays and holidays, right? So I didn't get rid of it completely, even though that was something that was wrestling in my heart. I didn't get rid of it completely. I was like, oh, you know, I just won't do it as much. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just save it for birthdays and holidays. And guess what happened? <laughs> the holidays came around. And I ate the cakes and the pies and all the refined sugar that I knew that God was dealing with me on and telling me you need to get rid of this out of your life. And guess what? By January, I was eating it, you know, not on holidays. I had fallen back all the way back to what I was already doing before my health started to change. And it's so funny that now we're here and God is talking to me about the refined sugar again. He's like, that's why I told you, you got to get rid of it because it's not something that you, Dominique, can keep in your life and it not impact you. And you have it a little bit this one time and then you want it every five seconds and then you want it all the time and then you can't fight against it. And so God is like, you trying to keep things thinking that you can navigate around it, thinking that you can say, well, I'll just use it like this and I'll just do. And when God says, when I tell you to get rid of it, it's because I know something about it that you don't know. I know what it does to you that you don't know. You've got to get rid of it 
completely. You can't just keep some of it and say, well, I, I can I can change the, the nature of our relationship. I can change the nature of our relationship. So therefore I have control. And God's like, no, I told you to get rid of it, not change the nature of your relationship with it. Because if you change the nature of relationship with it, you still have a relationship with it. And I told you to get rid of it. And that for me, you know, is refined sugar, which is a, a, it might be a silly example, but that's the one that was hitting me. But the same thing goes here. God says, I need you to get rid of this, them. And they're like, oh, we'll just change the nature of our relationship with them. They'll be our slaves. Therefore, we control them. God's like, no, no. Because just because you change the nature of your relationship doesn't mean you don't have a relationship. You still have a relationship with that person. And relationships, relationships, no matter how much you think you control them, you don't. You don't. Mm, 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 mm. Ba- who Bailey, good gracious. She said, keep some of it and you'll pay for all of it. Mm. Donita said, the idea of discipleship, sometimes I convince myself that I'm supposed to keep folks in my life as a way to minister to their life when God has clearly told me to walk away. Walk away. Jenny says, we got to stop thinking we have control over areas that God told us to completely separate from. Well, if I just change the nature of my relationship with it, then it'll be fine. If I just change the nature of my relationship with this friend, then we'll be fine. If I just change the nature of my relationship with this food, then it'll be fine. And God's like, get rid of it. No, no, no. If I change the nature of my relationship with it, I'll be in control. You're not in control. God's like, you're not in control. Ellen says, you don't control relationships. That's huge to think about. You don't. And and every time we try to manipulate relationships, we end up in this, you know, they end up in this slavery system. But eventually, <laughs> slaves ain't going to stay slaves forever. Can we can we just be honest about that? Just because you think you've exerted some, some control over them, a slave is going to want to break out of the bondage at some point. This is throughout history. So the idea that you have a slave that you can control... Honey, that's not going to last forever. The nature, the relationships, even if you try to put them in boxes because you're dealing with other human beings that have dominion on the inside of them, they will not fit into your box forever. So you have to realize that no matter how much control you think you have over a particular person or over a particular situation, relationships, you don't really control them like you think you do. So when God said, and, and it's it's hard because we're talking about war, we're talking about people's lives, and I never want to, to, to minimize that. But God specifically said, get rid of these people. And he tells Abraham way back, he said that the, the evil 
has not yet been full. And so now the evil that these areas have been doing have come to the full. And God's like, you know what? Nope. Nope. Get rid of them. And they said, oh, no, no, no. We don't need to do that. God. And God knew that you keep this in your life and it'll change you. You think you can control it, but it will change you. And we see that. We're going to see it throughout Judges. We're going to see it throughout Judges. The very things that we're looking at the, the other nations were and saying, how could they even do something like that? How could they burn their children and sacrifice to gods? Like, how could they do? How could this king take off the toes and the thumbs of other kings and make them? Like, how could they do this? the same thing Israel will start doing? We're going to see them start doing the same stuff. And so when God tells us to get rid of something in our life, he knows us and he knows the thing that we're dealing with. Right? He knows us and he knows the things that we're dealing with. So when he says get rid of it, it's because he knows us and he knows the thing that we're dealing with. Donnie said, heart check. Why do I think I need to keep it when God said stop and let it go? Mm. Yeah. <sighs> you know, whew, that thing hit me. I just had to. <laughs> Why do I think I need to keep it when God said stop and let it go? Get rid of it. Well, no, no, God, I can change it so that it can really help me. Nope. Get rid of it. Completely. The book of Judges is crazy because of this. So basically the author of Judges is setting it up to let us know why all the stuff that we're going to read about happened. So we're going to read about different judges like Deborah and Samson and, you know, all these people that we hear about in stories. We're going to read about them. But we're going to read about what happened with Israel, how Israel stumbled, stumbled, stumbled and started doing the same things that everybody around them was doing because they refused to drive them out. And how these judges had to come and step in and the judges had some character issues that were Gideon had some issues like they all had some issues. They were all wrapped up in all the stuff that was going on around them. But this first chapter sets the stage of the entire book of Judges. And what does this first chapter say? They refuse to drive them out. So you can't understand any more of the book of Judges without understanding this first chapter, that they refused to drive them out. They didn't drive them out. 
They didn't drive them out. So this is the foundation of the book of Judges. We're going to see crazy stuff happen. And we're going to be like, Israel, Israel, what are you doing? Israel, what are you doing? And it all comes back to this first chapter. They, they didn't drive them out. They didn't drive them out. I mean, I think that even when it comes to our health, for me, there's some things that God is saying, you got to stop doing that. And then we keep doing it. And then our health and stuff and stuff starts messing up and stuff starts doing this. And we're like, well, what happened? What happened? What happened? And God's like, you didn't drive it out. You didn't drive it out. What I told you to drive out. And now it's impacting your life. Allison says, these studies are helping me get rid of things. Stop changing the relationship to things. I keep hearing, just get rid of it. But I convince myself not to. Come on. She said, Bailey, your words have impact. Come on. Allison says, um, paying for things that we should get rid of will cost us time, mental space, emotions. My goodness. Come on. Well, I don't have to get rid of it because, and God's like, get rid of it because it will change you. And the interesting thing is, if you let it stay, God's not going to make it go. God could have just done it himself, but that was their job. And they gave it, they gave them permission to stay. So if you give it permission to stay, God's not going to make it go. And then when we start dealing with the consequences, because this is, this is the exact same thing. If we look at what happened with the children of Israel, like look at it very practically. And I'm just going to give you a brief overview. They didn't get rid of the things, the people, the nations that God told them to. Then they started doing the things that these other nations were doing that were not good. Then they realized that they were suffering the same consequences that those people that were doing the evil were suffering. So they cried out to God. Finally, they cried out to God. God would send a judge, which was basically a military political leader, not a judge like we think of with a gavel. Judges are like military political leaders. Think of like a chief or something like that. So God would send a judge to, to come and deliver Israel from what they were going through. And then Israel would go back and do it again. So if we think about it with our health, I don't know why I keep making these health, you know, connections, but if we think about it with our health, we, we pump our bodies with refined sugars, chips, um, cakes, all the stuff that, that we know in our spirit, you should not be eating McDonald's. Come on. Enough people done told you about McDonald's enough, enough things have come out about McDonald's where, you know, it's not real food. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself. Thank you, Lord. Where, you know, it's not real food. You should not be putting this in your body, but you keep putting it in your body. You keep doing it. You keep eating it and all this stuff. And then guess what? You have health issues. And what do you do when the health issues come? Lord, deliver me. Help me, Lord. Lord, don't let me go out like this. So God comes in, delivers you, heals you, and then you go back and do it again. 
I mean, we look at Israel and we're like, how could they? But then we look at our lives and we're like, wait, hold up. I'm doing the same thing. God's not going to make us get rid of something that we are allowing to stay. He'll tell us, you need to get rid of this. You need to get rid of this. You need to get rid of this. But then we don't listen to him until it's bad, bad. And then when it's bad, bad, we cry out for deliverance. God delivers us. And then we go back and do the same things. God is like, it ain't a demon. It's not a demon that's that's causing you body issues in your body. It's lack of obedience. Nowhere in here do we see that the devil made Israel make the make the other nation stay. That was their choice. God told them to do something and they didn't do it. And they didn't do it. Angie says it kind of reminds me of the scripture about the dog going back to its own vomit. Erica's a cigarettes, food, and no exercise. And, and we see God, we see the character of God throughout. We're going to see it throughout Judges. Because when they call on him, he rescues them. Only for them to put themselves right back in the same issue that they had. Because the, we got to realize this, that when God delivers his people, His people have to be disciplined enough to remain in the deliverance. To do what he told them to do. Bailey, Bailey types of when the Lord, your God brings you into the land you are entering to possess and he drives out many nations before you, the Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, seven nations more numerous and powerful than you. And when the Lord, your God delivers them over to you and you defeat them, you must completely destroy them, make no treaty with them and show them no mercy. Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 2. And this is a, this is a hard, this is a hard verse. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like reading about these types of things makes my stomach turn. But this is what he said. And we're going to see throughout the book of Judges, when you don't listen to what God said and try to do it your own way, It impacts you negatively. But guess what? This is the character we see of God. He shows up when you call him. So he'll keep showing up. Come on. Angie said, whoa, it takes discipline to maintain deliverance. Come on. I delivered you. There was a, um, (laughs) 
there was a line in uh what movie was that uh it was a cartoon the incredibles and mr incredible says sometimes i just wish things would just stay saved <laughs> like mr incredible saved the the city and he's saved the city and then crime springs up again because in order for it to stay like this the criminals have to stop <laughs> stop doing the crime and he's like ah because i just wish it would stay saved And it's interesting because a lot of times when we would do, when we do the thing God told us to do, we would find that we actually don't need as much discipline as we think. Now, let, let, let me explain. So if I listened to God when he said no more refined sugar and I stopped buying it, I wouldn't constantly be in a fight with refined sugar because it wouldn't be in my house. Now I would have to deal with it when I would go to public places and things like that. But if I had said, you know what? We're not buying it anymore. Then when I was in my house, I wouldn't be, if I just got rid of it, then I wouldn't constantly be in a fight in a battle all the time. But because I keep putting it and allowing it in my house, I'm in a constant battle all the time. And God's just like, if you would just get rid of it, you wouldn't be constantly fighting all the time. Just don't buy it. Then you would have to deal with the battle when you are like at the store, but you wouldn't have to deal with it at your own house. You wouldn't have to deal with it in your own house. The same thing goes when, when, <laughs> when you're dealing with fornication, right? And God's like, don't let this person come to your house alone, period. Don't, don't do it no more. We wouldn't struggle the same way, right? Or when God said, get rid of the credit cards, get rid of the credit card. You wouldn't be in a battle every time you opened up your wallet if you would get rid of the credit cards. Every time you open up your wallet, you're like, oh, I don't really have the money, but I do got this credit card. And God's like, but if you would just get rid of it, you wouldn't be in a battle every time you open your wallet up. You over here fighting, you living life hard because you won't just get rid of the thing that I told you to get rid of. Jessica said, food, finances, and friendships. There's some things that God is saying, hey, you're fighting so hard because you won't part with what I told you to part with. Come on. He, oh, Allison says, Hebrews 12, 11 comes to her. Again, uh, again, comes to mind. She says, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained this, are trained this way. Come on now. Donita said, I want to be a disciple of the Lord, but I don't want to be disciplined enough to do what God needs me to do. Oof. And this is not, again, this is not condemnation. This is just God is waking us up and saying there's some things that we're praying for and God will deliver us, but then what? But then what, y'all, I'm so embarrassed to say this, like so embarrassed to say this. I've been whining about my finances, whining, crying out to God, like, Lord, please, like, please show up and God will show up. And then a couple of months later, I feel like I'm in the same boat again. And I'm crying like, God, I'm, 
Oh, Lord, help me. Do you all know I sat down yesterday to type out all the finances and to really get a good picture of what was happening? And the month of April alone, we spent hundreds of dollars in fast food. Hundreds. And why do I say this? It's because when I was spending it, it just felt like, oh, it's just $5 here. It's just $10 here. Oh, you know, we're out and, you know, it's just a little bit of money here. It's a little bit of money there. And it never feels like that big of a deal. It never feels like that big of a deal. But when I sat, I had to immediately repent. I said, oh, my Lord, God, you have been answering my prayers. You have been doing your part. I have not been doing mine. It's not you. When we get to that point where we realize it's not God, it's me. When we get to that point and we can repent and ask God, Lord, I need your help. I recognize that God had told me, he had told me a couple months ago, stop doing this fast food thing. Stop. Just stop it. Just stop. It's not good for you anyhow. Just stop. And I was like, oh. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And then I then I would be like, oh, well, I need to do this and I need to get this. And I, you know, and I would let it seep back in because, of course, it just felt like $5 here, $10 here. Oh, $7 here. Oh, but I need to get them this. Oh, a couple dollars here. And I looked at the that finance list and I cried because I realized God said, drive it out and I let it stay. Erica says, my question is, it's been shown people with certain mental health issues struggle with that ability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I had to do is number one, number one, I had to, to, to let somebody know that I'm struggling with this and then get some accountability and help and support. And y'all, I realize that in order to, to do what God is asking me to do in my life, I've got to set up a whole bunch of stuff because this ain't like, I've been doing this for so long, right? So I've got to set up supports. I've got to set up helps. I've got to set up some things, right? To, to do, and I got to tackle one thing at a time. What one thing is God talking to you about? It's so easy to hear something like this and be like, I need to fix everything. Well, what's the one thing that God is talking to you about right now? What's the one thing God is talking to you about right now? For me, it's refined sugar. That's just the one thing. There's so many other things I could fix. But for me, it's the refined sugar. So then what do I do? I have to tell my husband. I have to tell my cousin D. I have to let other friends know. I'm saying it out loud up in here because I know that there's some women that's going to check me. Right? So I, I, I have to say it out loud. I have to ask for help. I have to get radical with it. 
I have to I have to repent when I when I fall on my face. I have to watch the videos and get ideas from different people. I have to put things in my house. I have to take things out of my house. I have to not buy things. I have to ask people not to buy things for me. So there's things I have to set up in my life because I can't rely on just, well, you know, I'm going to be good enough to not do it. So even for you, if you're struggling with certain mental health issues, learn, like even asking your therapist or whoever, this is what I know I need to get rid of in my life. How can I, what are some strategies that I can put in place to do this? What are some ways that you've seen, ask your therapist, what are some ways that you've seen people be successful, people like me be successful in doing this? And I'm sure your therapist could give you some ideas, right? For you that are tailor-made for you. But the first step is that I've got to make a decision that I'm going to get rid of this. Not play around with it, not say, oh, I've got to make first step. I got to make a decision that I'm going to get rid of it. Then I find the supports. Then I find the tools. Then I find the strategies. Then I find the methods. Come on. April says, uh, healthy eating. I know exactly what to do, but I'm, I'm an emotional eater and there lies the problem. It requires sacrifice. Me too, sis. And God's like, but you, you got to replace How else are you going to deal with your emotions? So we've got to replace it, right, with something else. Instead of eating, I'm going to journal. Instead of eating, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get rid of the stuff. What stuff do I typically emotionally eat on? If you're asking me, it's ice cream. It's this, all the refined sugar that God told me to get rid of. So the first thing is get it out of your house. Take Uber Eats off your phone. Make it very inconvenient to try to do that thing. Take it off your, take Uber Eats off your phone. Um, Go d- get all that ice cream and, and chips and everything out your house. Get right now, go your, through your house, throw it in trash. Don't wait. Don't be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it on Monday when the week starts again. No, no, no. Do it now. Get rid of all the stuff. Tell all your friends, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to, you know, can you help me? Keep me accountable. Find those ones that you know will check you. Woo-wee. Get radical with it. Take Uber Eats off your phone. This is the Lord speaking to me. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to do it right now. I don't know if anybody else needs to stop playing around. Look, y'all. Look, I'm going to do it right now. Take, take it off your phone. Remove the app. Delete. Don't just remove from the home screen. Delete the app. Delete it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Don't play with it. Get rid of it right now. Right now. If you got, look, if you got chips in your house and God is telling you to get rid of refined sugar right now, take it out your house and go to the outside trash can. Don't try to put it in your trash can when you're going to go to it later. Go, go sit, go, go do it right now. That's the thing we're learning about the children of Israel. They played around. They played around with it. They were like, oh, well, I don't really need to get rid of it right now. Like I can use it. I can use them for labor. No, no, no. Right now. God's saying, do it right now. Do it right now. There's ice cream in your house. I know it's your favorite flavor. Get rid of it. It ain't worth it.
Come on. Judith says, I'm having a health issue and God told me exactly what's causing it, but I'm still eating it at times. I must completely remove these foods now. Come on. Right now. Erica said, don't go through the trash later. Come on. That's why I said, you know, take it to the outside trash. Take it to the, take it to the outside trash where you know you ain't going through that no more. Donita says, start at the why and recognizing why it's happening has helped me. Why do I feel the need to keep all these craft supplies? Fear and pride. Okay, cool. So now, Lord, help me with self-control. Come on. Help me with self-control. Woo! Ooh, there's so much good stuff here. I'm going to read some of these comments. Woo! Miss Margaret says, I tell myself nothing will change. <laughs> If nothing changes, come on, nothing will change. If nothing change, get radical with it, right? Get radical with it. Look, and the <laughs> and the little trick of the devil, the little trick of the devil is this same phrase: "You won't surely die." The little trick of the devil is that phrase. It's not that bad. It's just a couple dollars here. It's just a it's just a little bit of it's just a little bit of ice cream. It's just a little bit of spending on your credit card. You won't you won't surely die. You won't surely die. Oh, oh, it's just it's just one person that God told you to get rid of out your life, but 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 no 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 it's not that bad. They're not that bad. This is not the situation's not that bad. Bailey says, you can enjoy just one. So just, that's how the devil, the devil is just, oh, honey, it's not that serious. It's not that serious. You don't have, look, you don't have to do all of that. You won't surely die. Children of Israel, we see it here. Oh, you know, you don't have to drive them all out. Like, that's good free labor. Wasting resources. You don't want to drive them all the way out. Look, uh-uh. Nope. 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 Get rid of it. Jessica says, God said you will surely die. Not always in a physical form, but spiritually. Come on. There's consequence for keeping it around. Allison says, we got to drive out the things holding us back. Health is one of those areas that once it's under control, the only thing we can truly control is ourselves. Then other things become easier. Other areas become easier. Woo, Jenny says, radical Full circle obedience. Come on. Radical obedience. Radical obedience. Radical obedience. Radical obedience. Radical 
Come on. Nanette says Jesus Christ is the Lord over our lives. Then we got to let him be and do as he says. Woo, I hear you, Father. Jesus says, follow me. I just follow me. Radical obedience. Look, God, I trust you to do your part. I'm going to do mine. Radical obedience. Radical obedience. Ra just get radical with it. Yes, Lord. God said, stop eating at the places. Come on. You know, we know, y'all. We know. There's some things that we know. There's some things that we know. For some of us, we know McDonald's is horrible idea. We know it. So maybe that's your radical obedience. Stop eating there. Stop. Stop taking your kids there. Stop, stop eating the food. We, we've heard enough. We've heard enough data. We've heard enough of this and that that's just really bad for you. And it, our bodies do not process it. Just stop. And, and it's, it's it definitely sounds easier than done, right? But write it up on your on your walls. Write it out. Tell your friends. I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing this. Write it out. Len, uh, Lenita, she she stopped eating sugar, and she read this book. She recommended it to all of us. It was called Atomic Habits. It's a really good book. Atomic Habits, and it talks about how to build habits in your life. And it's just, and he says that just the tweaking of a little bit of language will help us to do these things, which is um, instead of saying, um, I'm trying to quit smoking, like for instance, he said, if you are a smoker, instead of saying, I'm trying to quit smoking, say, I don't smoke. Like the little, little shifts in your own mind. Instead of saying, I'm trying to quit smoking, say, I don't, I don't smoke. When somebody hands you a cigarette, instead of saying, I'm trying to quit smoking, say, no, no, I don't smoke. Thank you. I'm not a smoker. And Lenita says she used this concept when getting rid of sugar in her life. That when people would offer her cakes and things like that, she said, oh, no, I don't eat um, refined sugar. These little tweaks. These little, little tweaks. Come on. Donita said, admitting the real issue and now laying it before God in prayer. Come on. For some of us, there is an issue behind the issue. For some of us, it's muscle memory. We've just been doing it since we've been doing it. For some of us, it's emotional issues and emotional eating. For some of us, it's lack of faith. For some of us, it's pride. For some of us, it's a lot of different things. And we take those to God and we allow God to fill those areas and we walk it out. But again, the first step is I recognize that God is telling me to drive it out. Allison says, I can share tips with building habits one at a time. The things we say to ourselves absolutely matter. And look, I've heard Allison's testimony. Look, if y'all need an encouraging testimony, even about health and wellness and things, ask Allison what she went through, right? And believed God through, or, or she just getting in a relationship with God, but she believed like, hey, I can do these things. This is, this can change, right? Ask her. 
There were some things that she's got to get rid of. But what she told me and she encouraged me, she encourages me often. She says it get, it does it. You're going to get to a point where it doesn't feel so hard to live this healthy way. It's not that it gets easier. You just get stronger. And we're going to see throughout the book of Judges, y'all. If you keep the stuff around that God is telling you to get rid of, it will tear your life up. And I, I can't sugarcoat it. We can't sugarcoat this. Yes, this is an Old Testament book, but the principle is the same. The, the principle runs through the New Testament. Yes, we have Jesus. Praise the Lord for Jesus. But the principle runs the same. If God is telling me to get rid of something, and I keep it in my life, it will tear my life up. It will tear my life up. So God is calling us to get rid of some things in our life for your sake. Angie said, lay aside every weight and the sin that trips us up. Bailey says, when you want to build strength, your situation feels heavier. If we say I can carry the load, then it gets lighter. If we say we can't, we'll be crushed by the weight. Come on. Allison says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Paul said that when things were hard. And get in the app and start asking people like, look, I'm struggling with this. Does anybody have any tips? I'm struggling with this. Like, put it out there. Let people know that you're struggling. That's why I'm letting y'all know. Like, hey, look, I'm struggling. These are areas that I'm struggling in. But hey, look, God said, get rid of it. I'm getting rid of it. I'm getting rid of it. And I'm seeking out accountability and support and tips and strategies on how to keep it getting rid of and stop picking it back up. I'm, I'm going to read the books that Lanita recommended, right? But when God says, get rid of it, we're going to see, we are going to travel this thing out. I, I believe that God's going to convict our hearts over and over again about this until we like, okay, God, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Because he's like, I'll keep rescuing you. Like he did with the children of Israel. I'll, I'll keep coming every time you call me. That's God. That's what he does. I'll keep coming every time you call me. But if you don't get rid of it, you will keep falling back in the same situation. How many of us have cried out to God because we didn't have the finances to get groceries and God showed up with the groceries? And then after the groceries, we started frivolously spending our money. 
And then we were crying on our face again because there was something that broke down in our car that we couldn't pay for. And we didn't realize that God had been giving us money to deal with these things all up until that point. But we have been spending it, overspending on credit cards, doing all of this stuff. And so when the car needed fixing, we didn't have the money. So we cried out for God again. And guess what? God came and he rescued us and he paid for the car to get fixed. But then a couple months later, we're on our face again, crying because we don't have money to buy the shoes that our kids need. God's like, look, at some point, you're going to have to put things in your life and take things out of your life because I will continue to rescue you, but you will continue to live this life. I'm telling you, you've got to, you've got to change the way you live. Get rid of the things I told you to get rid of. You'll see that the miracles of God last a whole lot longer when we stop throwing them away. Allison says a big tip is to not focus on what you have to give up, but look forward to the new things to come. Come on, focus on building the new habit. Ooh, come on. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I know what God wants me to get rid of, but what does God want me to do instead? Ooh. You know, I need to spend some time on that. I know God wants me to get rid of the refined sugar, but what does God want me to do instead? For them, they knew God wanted them to get rid of the people, but what does God want you to do instead? Inhabit all the land. You, your children inhabit all the land. Wow, that, that's, that just hit me. Thank you, Allison, for that. Come on now. I know what I know what I need to get rid of, but what does God want me to do instead? Mm. Ooh, Andrew says, he doesn't want me to crave food more than I crave him. So my focus should be on what? Craving him. Ooh, goodness. Bailey says, take all of what God wants to give you. Come on now, all of it. Woo. Woo. I came so that you may have life and have it abundantly. Oh, wow. I started thinking about like, God wants me to play with my kids and have the energy to go out and play, run around at the playground. And God wants me to wake up and not feel sluggish and have energy when I wake up out the bed. 
Come on, hallelujah. God wants my, my refrigerator to be full of the beautiful colors that God placed on this earth. The beautiful colors of the fruits and the vegetables that God placed on this earth. Can you imagine, like get it in your head. Can you imagine opening the refrigerator and seeing all the beautiful colors of nature in your refrigerator? Woo! That just messed with my mind. Like focus on what, who. We know what God wants us to get rid of, but sometimes we don't see what God wants to give us, what God has for us. Can you see that? Come on. God God wants me to have the finances I need to, to pay for my kids' shoes. So, so, so when, come on. So when I say no to spending $5 here, $10 here, whatever here, it's because I'm going to have what I need to do, whatever it is in the future. Whoo. Come on, Angela says, have a vision for it. Come on, have a vision for it. Allison, you done messed me up in a good way. Have a vision for it. Write down, like, Woo! Come on, hallelujah. The tribe of Manasseh said to Joshua that they needed more land. But they were so afraid of the people that they didn't go and take the land they needed. God was like, I've got the land for you. I need you to envision the land. I've got the land for you. Now go and live and do what I'm calling you to do. Come on, Bella says, I was asked to write a budget and stick to it. And we can start thinking about why. Because God wants to get me to a place where I'm not always scrambling for money. Oh, can you, can you, can you imagine? Can you imagine a place in your life where you're not scrambling for money? Because you didn't eat it. Because you didn't spend it on fast food and eat it. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine getting up out the bed and actually having energy be because you're drinking water and not and not sodas? Like, whoo! Allison says, y'all getting me excited. I love to be in discipline. Come on, when you get a friend in the room that loves being disciplined, you better ask her for all the tips. She said, at first it was hard, but I'm here to tell you freedom comes from discipline. Come on, the devil tricked Adam and Eve into, into giving in to a quick thing and it ruined their life. Freedom is on the other side of these things that God is asking us to give up. We think God is taking up, taking something from us, but think about all that God wants to give us. Woo-wee, come on. When God says, I need you to drink more water and get rid of the soft drink, it's because God wants to give us energy in the morning, that we get up and we don't have an instant dread of the day, that God wants us to wake up with it. Can you imagine waking up with energy? Like, I don't know why that gets me excited. Just imagine it. And then imagine teaching your kids to do this very same thing and then them not even having to struggle with the same struggle you had to struggle with. Woo, help me, help me, Holy Spirit. Ooh, doesn't that sound so good? Come on, Jenny says, send spies, seek out the intended land, make it plain. Look at the goodness that God wants to give to you. Pay attention to it, make a good report. Hey, come on, woo. 
Oh, man. Y'all, I know we got to go. We've been on here for 90 minutes. But Allison, that one little thing, that thing turned me upside down. Because when, think about it. When they went to seek out the lamb, they sent the spies. Only two spies came back with a good report. The other ones were like, we can't do it. They're too big. It's too hard. We can't. But until all them people died off that said they couldn't, and the only two spies that were left was the one that said, oh, yes, we can, and it's beautiful. They said the grapes were so big and all this stuff. When we start getting in the picture and saying, oh, my goodness, look at what God wants to get to me. Come on. And all he's asking me to do is get rid of this. Let's do this. Let's do Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Woo, let's go. You mean to tell me God wants me to have energy in the morning? Let's go. You mean to tell me that God doesn't want me to have to scramble around for money? Let's go. You mean to tell me that God wants me to have what I need to feed my children? Let's go. You mean to tell me God wants me to live in a certain way where I have energy to play with my kids? Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Woo, let's go. Hallelujah. Let's go. You mean to tell me that all this time God's been telling me to get rid of this stuff in my life because it's literally taking me away from the goals that I actually have in my mind? Let's go. You mean to tell me that when God tells me to get up and walk in the morning, it's because he wants me to have energy? Let's go. Woo. Let's go. Allison, you done messed me up in a good way. When you start looking at the stuff that God wants to get to you. Yeah, okay. It might be a little challenging to drive it out, to get rid of the thing that God told. But come on, on the other side of this thing. Erica said, testimony loading. Let's go. Woo. Come on. God says, drive it out. It's because he's getting you something. Let's go. Woo-wee. I messed up. I'm done. Oh, man. That little, little change. That little change. Come on, Judah said at 61, God has blessed me with two great granddaughters and he wants me to be healthy and live and enjoy them. Come on. So when God says, I need you to get rid of that fast food, I need you to get rid of all that refined sugar. When he says that, it's because he's like, I know you want to hang out with these two, two great granddaughters. I know you. Let's go. Come on. Allison says, I promise afterwards there's peace and freedom you won't believe you are denying yourself from. It's easy to look at discipline. It's easy to look at the things that God's asking you to get rid of and say, oh man, this is going to be too hard. But what if you go into the land and you survey and you say, oh, where God's trying to get me to? Oh my God goodness. Have you seen that land? It's beautiful. It's absolutely amazing. Have you seen where God is taking? Oh my goodness. When we stop focusing on the giants in the land, like the original spies were focused on the giants. In the land. When we stop focusing on the giants in the land and we start focusing on, whoo, it's beautiful over here. This is where God trying to get me to. Oh, come on now. Let's go. Okay, we got to pray. 
Wow, I did not see that coming. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go. Let's go. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. I believe we're in the book of Judges for a reason, y'all. I believe we're in the book of Judges for a reason. And in this season of right now, God is going to show us. He's going to show us our own life right before our eyes. He's going to show us, look, you keep going back and forth and not getting rid of this stuff. This is what it's going to look like in your life. A constant state of God resting in you and you going back and doing the same thing. God resting in you and you going back and doing the same thing. But you can change that by getting rid of the things that God told you to. Let's go. Allison said, you know, it won't be easy. There will be a wilderness. There will be wandering. But if you stay strong and courageous, it is so worth it. Oof. Ms. Margaret says, sisters, you can do it. Come on. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That means I can go through the hard stuff too. Y'all, this doesn't mess me up this morning in a good way. In a good way. Okay, we got to pray. Father God, I thank you. Lord God, I thank you so, 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 so much. You are absolutely amazing. You are absolutely amazing. You are absolutely amazing. Lord, I thank you for my sisters. I thank you for the different sisters that bring out different things. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for the challenge that you've placed, Lord. And, and also the assurance that you, you, you are showing us you're going to rescue us. Every time we call out to you, you're going to rescue us. But we don't have to continue to go on this on this yo-yo ride. We can give up the things and get rid of the things that you told us to get rid of and, and see where it is that you want us to be. Oh, my God. Goodness, I literally see it in my vision and it's absolutely amazing. Thank you, God. Woo! Thank you, God. Woo! Oh my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I pray that you help us, that this message not just be a message or something that we shared amongst one another, but that it actually sparked life change in our life. I pray, Father God, that the, that the app would turn into a place where we could share habits, hold one another accountable, help one another to get rid of these things out of our life. I pray, Lord God, that the things that we do here, faith moments, that you help us and lead us through, that they will change our lives, Lord God. I pray that this, woo, this time next year, we will not be the same. We thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 We decided at the at the most recent retreat planning meeting that the theme for the retreat is changed. We'll never be the same. And I believe, I believe that we will never be the same. Yes, thank you. Erica reminds us to like, comment, share, and subscribe. And if this ministry has blessed your life in any way, please consider giving um, to help us to continue this, to help us to continue to keep the, the app going for free, to help us to do all that stuff. Um, and if you are able to give like $5 a month or $15 a month, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Faith Mamas Tribe, because that will help us. Anybody that gives monthly, it really helps us to set a stable budget. Um and, and giving a one-time donations are super awesome and helpful too. So please consider giving. <sighs> Y'all, God's doing something and I'm 
I'm just glad to be a part of it. Retreat tickets are available. There's eight more, maybe seven. I can't remember. <laughs> I think it's might be seven. I love you guys. I pray that you have an amazing Tuesday. And I pray that the word let's go rings in your mind today. Hallelujah. Come on. Jessica says, I am a business consultant for startups. Come on, Jessica. Let's go. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's go. I love you guys. I pray you have an amazing, what day is it? Tuesday. And I'll see you guys in the app. <laughs> Bye for now.